Hello, and thanks so much for joining me for the Purpose Filled Mommy with Minnie Marie podcast. On today, MLK Day, we're going to do things a little differently. So I would love for you to join me as I share with you a recent blog post from a discussion that I had with my son that I'm going to read and share with you all, share a little back commentary on my thoughts as a mom in relation to that and how we can best celebrate Dr. King's dream. So join me for today's podcast episode. So actually, I'm doing things a little differently on today's podcast episode, where I'm actually going to read a recent blog that I wrote, and I was inspired by a conversation that I had with my son, and the blog is entitled, Mama, What's Going On? The Day Your Teen Really Asked What's Happening in the World Around Them. There comes a point in our lives as parents that we can no longer shield our children from the ongoings of major world events that they see are happening in the news. My son has matured to ask questions about world events that he experiences that affects him in interference, connects with in empathy, and finds identity with in cause in regards to him personally. The most recent events impacting the nation were icebreakers to share in a heart-to-heart with my son and comforting us both collectively. My teenage son reaches out the most and wanted to ask questions amongst his younger siblings. He shares his personal opinion on what he usually sees from what's on social media. My son was particularly disturbed by the capital siege while still managing to adjust having a normal teen life through a pandemic. My son said, Ma, do you see the craziness going on in D.C.? He sounded just as alert as he was this summer in witnessing the various Black Lives Matter protests. He wanted to know how protests could turn into riots. He wanted to know why it seemed that the protesters from the Black Lives Matter were treated differently than those who were at the Capitol siege with armed guards. And he felt, in his opinion, how could so many people get away in conducting themselves so heinously while he has to walk around watching his normal mannerisms and clothing due to the color of his skin? Wow. This wasn't a moment for a mom to deflect with a corny joke to soften the mood and seeing that the veil has been lifted from the kitty blinders of childhood. I decided to use this moment as a teachable moment in hearing his concerns without pushing any biasness of any political party, address the social issue of the need for civil rights for all, explain what justice should look like by the definition within the law, and to the best of my knowledge, share what many of the various groups were standing their ground and fighting for. We talked about nonviolent protests versus protests that turn into riots. I shared with him that civil rights leaders like Dr. Martin Luther King, Mahatma Gandhi, Cesar Chavez, and Fannie Lou Hammer stood passionately for change without inciting violence through destruction. I told him my stance on some of the major social issues bringing our tense climate as a Christian, as an African-American woman, and a fiercely protective mother of her children. My son knows I don't condone violence on any level. And he hears in our collective prayers at the dinner table the need for a truly united America. I will admit 
to being angered and seeing how outlandish it was to see adults scaling walls in full combat gear with weapons in tow ready for a new revolution of a civil war. While my heart breaks for the mothers of Trayvon Martin carrying Skittles and an Arizona sweet tea and Tamara Rice carrying a play gun on a playground who were gunned down like terrorists without a second thought. It burns me as a black mom. My son is similar to me in absorbing the energy that is around him and allowing that to come through in his emotions. I listened as he vented out his frustrations. I guided him not to become numb as many of his peers have in a lackluster approach and not caring for anything other than TikTok videos. But I tell him to take a social media break and enjoying the things he loves like playing with his sisters. My mom comforts me to this day no matter what's going on and saying, baby, it's going to be all right. I do my best to comfort my children with the same comfort my mom has given me that no matter what's going on to alleviate his fear that everything's going to be all right. However, will it truly be all right, America? Will we ever have the courage as a country to address the division in this country of double standards? We talked about human rights over entitlement. I tell my son that sadly that nothing we're experiencing is new under the sun. That change starts with each one of us personally in free will to make a positive difference. To know the power in your voice and speaking up. To release what we can't control in ignorance for those who choose to forever live in hate. Yet to know that there is power for justice for change with those who walk in peace with God. I will admit that as a mom, I too am searching for answers in these trying times and may not always having the right response all the time, but I will use these teachable moments to strengthen our faith as a family in reliance on God. And I close with the scripture of second Timothy, the second chapter, the 22nd verse. So flee your youthful passion and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call on the Lord from pure heart. I also did a YouTube video in discussion of our conversation and more on the blog post that you can check out when you YouTube me at Purposeful Mommy. To follow along more with that blog post, you can visit PurposefilMommyWithMinnieMarie.com and it's entitled Mama What's Going On. So there is a day that our children wake up and the blinders of their younger years of innocence is kind of slowly fading away and they're more alert and aware of what's going on. So that blog post kind of share a little bit about that. And how as a mom in that time, I had to kind of, I'm watching it unfold myself. And I was late at actually tuning in because we found out as a district that we were actually going to go virtual due to some of the high COVID cases in our area. So when that came about, it was like, oh my gosh, you're trying to gather sheets all the teachers are at this point trying to have everything prepped and ready for the coming weeks where we'll be teaching virtually from home. In addition to that, those of us who are moms, and you know that I'm a mom and I have three daughters that attend school with me, 
and my son oh gosh the his school his school district later also did the same and they also are now teaching virtual for we'll see how long so I have to know that I have to kind of balance some things and juggle it around so I didn't know what was going on you know and then as soon as I got home um, my daughter started her virtual after school program set that up work with the girls with her twin sisters that's when I say the girls the twins rushed to the gym came back and then that's when I was like oh wow (laughs) what is going on and that's when I saw what was happening at the Capitol so yeah and I know since this time since I wrote the blog they have made some arrests so that is an update on that I wrote the blog sort of right when it happened but they are making some arrests but we still know that when you look at that and you think about some of the other protests that have happened since spring and summer, there is a big difference. And I have spoken to people who are not African-American and they were they voted Republican and we had a conversation and they shared the same thing. We actually had one of those taboo conversations the next day at work with my team and they shared who they voted for. I didn't share who I voted for, but I guess they assumed that I was, okay, you're black. You got to be democratic, (laughs) a Democrat. That's a whole nother story within itself, but they shared, you know, who they voted for. And ironically, they were like, you know what? If I saw that this would have happened, I wouldn't have voted for him. And I'm like, really? (laughs) So it took this moment for you not (laughs) to see that this was crazy. This whole administration. And I don't talk much about politics when it comes down to, I blog because I'm like, you know what? I don't want to say, do you (laughs) that's, this is definitely not a do you moment when it comes to vote, not going to go there, but I definitely try to not talk about politics, but this is on a social level. This is on a level way beyond just politics. And we've had Republicans in office. I, when, when, oh gosh, I'm going to blow the dust off. When did I actually, um, actually was at the age to vote. Oh my gosh, I think it was 2001 or something like that. I don't know what election came, but I was 18 by then. So whatever elections have came and gone, I know I voted when um, President Barack Obama, you know, was was uh, heading for office. So I voted in a couple of elections. I, my mom and my grandparents would always take me and my father too. He was there when he was alive. We would go to this particular uh, church and we would vote and they would always give me my little voting sticker to make me feel like I voted. So as far as when it comes down to voting, it's always been a part of my life. My grandparents and parents definitely want to let me know my rights when it came time to voting, how my ancestors fought for that. So that's just something that's a part of my life, but we've had elections, you know, so this watching, uh, how the different elections have happened through the years of who was elected in office and all of that. This is one of the craziest things I've ever experienced in my adult life. And what I saw within this administration, it was like a reality show. And this is beyond whatever, whatever political party you're on. This was crazy. Everyone you have to admit, there are some Republicans like, look, we don't know him. (laughs) We don't know these people. Those are the cousins that we try to hide. But yeah, they were in the forefront. And then also it was a forefront of what we actually did with the country, like the hidden, softened um, 
racial issues that we kind of want to tiptoe around and that we don't want to talk about because it's like, mm, no, I'm just going to go over here and just make some cookies and just pretend that it doesn't exist. But you can't. Like we saw on live television what was happening. Unless if we want to go to those of you guys who want to make it political, even if we go to what happened in the spring and the summer, it was crazy. Like, you know, just living in an area, in a country, in the area I live in, I live down south. Let's, I'm, I'm, I'm a southern belle. So it's tense right now. I see people riding around and we've had, again, elections prior. I've voted in. I've never seen it where people are still holding on to the flags like some type of Hitler reign or something. Like, this is crazy. This is crazy. Usually, you secede, you know, the secession is over with, and then bam, whoever comes into office, they do whatever they're going to do. We wait till the next four years. Sometimes they voted in, sometimes they voted out. This was crazy. This was crazy. And in the blog post, I spoke too about what we saw with grown-ups just walking in, just smiling, I mean, we had an officer there taking pictures, bruh. Like, this was crazy. This was absolutely crazy. And I saw one video where they just opened the door. Like, they opened the gate. One of the door just opened the gate. And I was appalled. I was completely appalled. And again, this has nothing to do with political party. But this was stupid. This was stupid. And there are some countries... I mean, some countries way poorer than us, as my grandpa said, way poorer than us, that you could not walk into the capital, the main spot, and just walk in freely, just just freely, just like we're just grazing in the field. You could not. So this was crazy. And I know some people want it to go away. Let's just stop talking about it. No, we need to talk about it. Because when you had the protests that happened from the spring and the summer, for what our president said and the having a national guard there and ready to shoot just just right there on the spot and then we as a teacher we as parents as a teacher we're telling our kids right is this way wrong is that way and for them to see this and yes they did see it if you have a child that has instagram yes they saw it (laughs) they saw it and the thing about social media, they saw it in another distorted way beyond the fake news, as we like to say of CNN now, because that has been a quote. But they saw all of this ugliness. And these children are so searching for an identity in all these ways right now. And seeing hate when you already have internal issues and division and you're looking for a group to fit in. No one knows what to go to when it comes to our youth. So they'll go to the extreme on every area. I saw a video and it touched me. And it was actually from a protest uh, from the summer. It was in Atlanta. My mom stays in the heart of Atlanta. ATL shoddy. All right. Just being 100. (laughs) That's my mom. That's my family. And when the riots were happening there and to see how the destruction of CNN building, that was a place that we would visit as a family. And it was this one young man and he was in the midst of the crowd and it was this uh, preacher. I'm, I'm assuming he was a preacher. If he's not a preacher, he definitely had the anointed to be one. And he was speaking to this young guy and he was telling him how this is not the way. And this is a black preacher talking to a young black teen. And you could see that this teen was looking like almost so attentive because he never had anyone to pour into him what was right and what was wrong because he was searching for where to go. He probably saw like, hey, we all meeting up here at the riot and we're going to do this. They had no clue. 
and was just tearing down. And this and this minister, this black minister, just told this young man and someone recorded it. And it was another older guy that could have been the father too. was like, well, what you want us to do? What you want us to do? And this is how we got to do it. And he was like, no, that's not the way. And the preacher stand and I'm keep calling him a preacher, man. I don't know what he was, but this man stayed firm in telling this young man, this is not the way. He was like, I don't know what we need to do, but this is not it. Because he knew and he saw those guns from those officers and from the National Guard. They were ready to shoot him at any moment. It was like, do you want to be this way? And it stood out to me. So then when I look at what happened at the Capitol and saw that there was no one there, no one to really say no. And see the lies lost for something that to me just was stupid. You know, it just bothered me. So to hear my son talk about it, to think about all the mothers that have lost children over senseless things for no reason when it comes down to post police brutality, because it is a truthful thing that we do need to talk about in a country that you cannot sweep underneath the rug. And it is a double standard that we have to deal with if we are black moms, if we have black children or, and I spoke this in my video, there are people, there are moms that I know who are wonderful women and they are mothers to biracial children. They are mothers to children that they adopted who do not have the same race as them, but they still know the pain that they have to worry about when that child leaves the safety of their home, that they have to worry about being pulled over once their teens are being looked at as a threat. We don't want to talk about that. We want to talk about it just particularly. This is my experience as a black mom, but I'm just speaking in general. There's a double standard when it comes down to people of color and definitely black people when it comes down to not just what happens when it comes to law enforcement and how to handle just little infractions, but also when it came down to those protests. So I'm trying to talk to my son and explaining to him in the best way as I could as a mom, like, yo, this is not right. This is now how it's supposed to be. This is what democracy is. This is how it's supposed to look. And still at the same time, almost frustrated and questioning myself was like, is it, is it real? Does it still exist? You know, so it's puzzling and I don't have the right answers all the time. I'm doing the best I can with raising a teen. But there are some frustrating moments when it comes down to the things that I see happening right now. I'm praying that, you know, all my hope is not in men. I don't care who is in office, but I'm hoping with the new with the new change within presidents, that there would be a facelift and that someone can bring some unity, that we can start within ourselves, within our homes, that we can bring that unity and that peace. I work in a very diverse area now. Um, when I <laughs> when I pull up to the parking lot, I am definitely, they have red states, blue states. I am definitely in a red school. So <laughs> I pull up and there are the Trump signs wide open there. My classroom has went from one uh, demographic to a completely different demographic and you know it's different it's different um co-worker wise it's definitely different and when elections and different things like this happen you can feel the tension in the air you can feel it um I do commend my co-workers and I my team is just three of us that we actually had a conversation and because again that's something that most people don't want to talk about and I will give one um, individual 
more uh, I won't say more credit but he didn't he stood up and he didn't take a neutral point he mentioned that it was wrong he's a white man he mentioned that he too knew and he's a republican that there was no way that if that was a black lives matter or a black people or anybody of color or any other protest period they could have just walked up there (laughs) and walked into the capitol so we had that tough conversation i think because all of us were coming in the next day as teachers trying to figure out how to do virtual and all these things and after they all hit us that night of like wow and you needed someone to talk to and you know we had that difficult conversation and I think some of us have to do that a lot of us attend churches that are diverse um I grew up in a traditional African-American historical black church and that's what I know and now in visiting a church and trying to find a church home in the area I call it the city because my family church home is way in Burke County and it's a church that pretty much all the elders are they're pretty much passed away and dying out so it's pretty much a dying congregation with not much of a youth present and I've tried different churches here in the city for a couple of years and you know that's a whole nother story we talk about finding a church home but I started visiting a church that was diverse they had a great youth department and my kids loved but you know, when you sit in under pastor and ministry and you see all these different things that's happening right now, it, 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 it's just, it's a conversation that we need to have in church right now, you know, about how we can bring what outside of the building, or even if we're virtual out into the world of how, of what righteousness is, what democracy is and how we can show the love of Christ to others, to our brothers and sisters and, and really be that example and not just post, you know, church flow pics <laughs> and say church flow, but really, you know, step up with that. So that's kind of my stance on that. So we're not going to let all the different tension that we are experiencing right now, as far as with racial tension, political tension, to knock the dream of what makes MLK Day so special. And I really want my children to have that understanding of who Dr. King is. And one of the things we would always do, we would visit the King Center. We would visit the King Center and we would do it quarterly as a family. And that was just something that we would just enjoy We went with our homeschooling co-op. We went as a family prior to that, after that. Again, I told you my mom stays in the heart of Atlanta. So we would attend the King Center. I just love Coretta. I love Coretta's style. It's just, she just had this elegance. So you know, behind a powerful man, you know that there had to be a powerful and patient woman. So just to learn more about her life in one particular tour, we were so blessed and excited that we actually went into the house. And my son was like, mom, it looks like our home. And it did. It did look like our home. And, you know, when you see those homes that are in historical areas in downtown, and, you know, that's where I live too, downtown Augusta. And you see the beautiful homes in our area. One of the historical uh, areas is called Laney Walker. Laney Walker Boulevard is where there's so much history when it comes down to the prominent African-Americans 
that made such a positive change in our area, like C.T. Walker, Lucy C. Laney herself. And you know, I got to throw in James Brown. You just got to. (laughs) So living in a historical area and then going into that home and just seeing how beautiful it was. It looked like, I mean, it looked like just like nothing's changed, you know, for the curators and those who are taking care of that home. Oh my gosh, it was beautiful. So if you have an opportunity, please check out the King Center. And you can also see and let your children see when it comes down to the marches, the sit-ins, and they can see the diversity of the people too who sat in. A lot of times we don't like to share that part because, you know, it's like, Mm-mm, we don't want to do that. And I get it because we were in the struggle as a people, as black people, as, as African-Americans. But to just see some of the people, too, that have lost their lives and let them see when they walk on the footprints of all the different uh, contributors to uh, help build the King Center. And they put their feet on there and then you see Gandhi's statue. It's just something to check out. So definitely, definitely do that. One of the things that I have done traditionally here at my home for MLK Day is I always do a breakfast. Usually the breakfast is, I would say, brunch time, but today it's looking like it may be an evening breakfast, but we sometimes have a breakfast at dinner. But it's just something to celebrate today. I'm going to share with you all some activities that you can do in sharing in the MLK Day We usually, again, would have a parade, but due to the pandemic with COVID, we did not have our parade. And I can sit from my front porch and just watch the parade and all the bands come down, churches, all the little mini dance troops. And it's just a beautiful, colorful parade. And you see all the community getting together of the city and they're just marching. And then at the very end of the parade, We have horses and to see those horses, man, on Laney Boulevard and then to see black cowboys just riding down. It's amazing. And then they have a little mini car show with all the different cars. It's just a cool parade. So if you visit Purposeful Mommy with Minnie Marie, you'll see that I have a blog on our experience with the parade and how we celebrate Dr. King. Um, day here for MLK Day and it's living the dream celebrating the legacy of Dr. King as a family and you'll see a couple of pictures from some of our experiences there but let me share with you a couple of activities you may want to do uh, today you may want to do this week or for the end of the month when it comes down to celebration of Dr. King all right so one thing you can do is create a dream jar in which everyone can write down the dreams and hopes that they have for themselves and the world around them. That is definitely something great to do right now. I already told you plan a visit to the King Center in Atlanta, Georgia. I promise you, you will leave inspired and you will not be disappointed. And then, you know, have some lunch there. We would usually do like a nice little soul, soul brunch or lunch with my mom but just there's so many different cool restaurants but like I say things a little different now so you may just want to go to the museum and then just pack a nice picnic and visit one of the nice parks all right mock a have a mock speech of I have a dream where creatively all of you all can share openly your dreams and your hopes and the changes that you would like to see in the world around you I did that with one of my classes and I taught elementary at the private school and my daughter and you will see in that blog post, she shared her dream and I got a little picture of her when she was a tiny little thing. Now she's tall as me, but she did a little mock uh, dream speech. 
All right, visit the library and pick out books related to Dr. King, Coretta Scott King, the civil rights movement, and other historical figures within this important time within our country's history. And right now, this is definitely a delicate time to talk about that. So let's start picking out the books and I'll share with you all something at the end of the podcast of what I have in store for you guys when it comes down to children's books. Also, bake a cake together in honor of Dr. King sharing the moment with playing Stevie Wonder's Everybody know it. Happy birthday to you. All right, I'm going to stop because y'all will start asking for the album. So I'm not going to give you no more. That's all you're going to get. Hold up. I got a little bit more. Happy birthday. I'm stopping. <laughs> okay, I'm going to stop. But yeah, bake a cake. Play the happy birthday song. It's another song that I love. And um, it's, uh, it's a kid song when it says sing about Martin. That's another great song. Search online for various videos and commentaries of kid-friendly content or age-appropriate content for those of you guys who have teens like myself about the legacy of Dr. King and research what is in your area and your community to celebrate Dr. King. When you go to the blog post, you'll also see that I have a little book that says Miss Minnie's Book Club, and it's a book about Dr. King's life that you all can watch simply on YouTube. But I have another channel that I am working on right now with books. But yeah, check that out. And I'll keep you guys in store with that. So I'm not going to tell you, but I'm definitely working it out when it comes down to sharing more colorful books. All right. So the name of that blog post is Living the Dream, Celebrating the Legacy of Dr. King as a Family. So I hope you guys do not forget about what today is. We're celebrating the dream the dream is still there. It's still there. I know right now it's tense. I do believe that Dr. King's dream is alive and it's alive with those of us who still believe in it and those of us who are going to put forth the effort to make sure that dream happens. So I hope you guys definitely took in what we shared in today. Check out all those related blog posts. And again, let's not forget the dream, even though it may be tense right now. It may be a little ugly right now. And I said ugly, but that's all right. The dream and the vision of Dr. King and all those civil rights leaders is still alive. It's alive in us. Thanks so much for joining me for today's podcast episode as we share in MLK Day and share that we still have hope for the dream. You can find those related blog posts at my website. Also, join me on YouTube. So my YouTube channel is back up and it is in full effect with helpful tips, funny commentary, and more. So don't forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Purpose Feel Mommy. Also follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You know what I'm going to say? I love you, but God loves you more. Thank you all so much for joining me and happy MLK Day.